airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to Friday, everybody. Yay. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. Friday. Um, But a Friday has come, and yes. here we are. It's here. Um, Man, I, I got to tell you, though, I, I feel like, and, and the days are all the same, but sometimes it feels like you get to Friday faster. Sometimes it feels like it just drags out, like there's a whole lot of living yeah. that's happened between Monday and Friday, and then you finally get there, and you're like, Man, um, where do we live? You know, you're, I don't know if you've been feeling that way lately, Will the Great. Have you been feeling that way? Yeah, yeah. Like a you're lot, like, where do lot. we live? Man, like I don't know. I don't. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know where we live. I really don't. Um, the the only thing that is sure, and I, I'm gonna tell you, the and, woke and states I'm so, of America. The, <laughs> all of them, man. All of them. Well, is, is, it, I mean, is it these? Have we gone back to these United States, yeah. or you know, the uh, United States? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know where we are. Um, but I will say this: the one thing that is certain, and we can continue and must continually go back to, and that is the Word of God. The Word amen. of God is eternal, and so it doesn't matter where we're living or where we're being made to think we live. I don't know what what people are trying to create. Um, we have the assurance of the word of God and we have to constantly find ourselves going there. One of the things that we've been doing um, at least the last couple of weeks, as far as I can remember, and not because there's not anything to really laugh about, you know, I'm sure we could find some things to joke about, you know, kind of take it a little bit easier on a Friday. Um, We could talk a little bit more kind of, um, you know, do more of a peek into our family, talk more about what it, what it's like to be um, rearing fi- five kids and, mm-hmm. and another one on the way. Um, but, you know, I'm just, if if, if I were him, I'd kind of want to stay right there. It's it's, <laughs> Man. it's warm, it's safe, you know, I mean, it's not open season on you. You're not going to, oh, wow. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I could, I'm sorry. Man. That's not, it's Friday. Look, look, But the, everybody the crazy, come with me. The crazy part, not in our family, but the crazy part is it, it is open season on the unborn too. That's true. I guess that, that's that, true, that, but that, that makes it not make a Friday show. Man, you just took me way down. Man. <laughs> I mean, that's a reality, you and it's sad. just took me way down. Thanks for ruining my Friday. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm um, I want to say you. shout out to our brother John. I, I didn't get the message, but he sent the message yesterday, um, and he said the word you're looking for when I was talking about Louis Giglio's invitation to the White House uh, he said that they he's I think he said the word you were looking for is revoked. Actually, that's not the word I was looking for that. I think maybe we could use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how you, your brain does this weird thing. So about three thirty, four o'clock this morning, <laughs> the word came to my mind. What was it? Rescinded. I thought he you, rescinded you didn't say that the yesterday? invitation. Did I not say that? I don't know. I thought you said I can't that. remember because I said voided. And then I think you said I thought you said rescinded. I thought it came to you. 
Maybe not. Did it come to me? I don't know. But it came. It's the brain does a weird thing. Like when it's just not called upon to do stuff. When right. it's supposed to be like refueling. Right. It was about 3.30, 4 a.m. Oh and just out of my sleep. It, this is crazy. But out of my sleep, I was like rescinded. Mm. That's the word that I was. Wow. That I was looking for. Anyway, but I saw a message today. Um, at a reasonable time of the day, that but it actually come in during the show yesterday. I, I couldn't I couldn't see that, John. I'm working. I'm working, John. I'm not checking Facebook emails messages during the show. Yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes. Not all, the time. all right. Um. So it's Friday. We'll open the phone lines way up like we do. Let's just talk because there's been a lot of ground that we've covered, and um our our brother Jim I believe was his name kind of wrapped us up yesterday, and um and of course you know I. Will and I talked about that call again. <laughs> um, Jim in, in North Carolina was yes. was encouraging me to bear with the weak mm-hmm. and to be patient with with, as he said, those of us who don't know mm-hmm. what you know. Now, let me say this, because there's there's. Well, let me get the phone number first so we can queue up some calls. You can talk to us. Let me. You want to give this, the rundown of what we talked about? I know just yes, to say whatever, I do. whatever. No, I want to give the rundown. Thank you so much, husband. I appreciate I'm here you. To serve you. Well, and 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 likewise, right. um, I'm here. I'm here to receive that service. You thought I was going to say serve you? <laughs> I ah, no, I'm not. I mean, no, I'm yeah, woke. I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm a woman. I'm more important than you in yeah, culture. You have more points. And more points. I got more points. You do. Yes, so, I get to go. I bow Get down. to go to the front of the line. That's me. <laughs> which means I'm at the bottom, but I'm at the front. Should I shine your shoe? Why are you so petty uh, today? Oh, what? Listen. What? All right, guys. Okay, All right. Back on track. You want to give the number? Oh, now you want to get back on track? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, I am not. I am not opposed. Okay, I'll give the number. The number is 888-589-8840. Um, if you want to talk to us about anything that we've discussed this week, the phone lines are wide open to be able to hear for us to be able to hear from you, for our listeners to hear from you and uh, and engage one another. We can talk about the issues that we've discussed on Monday. We asked the question, how will the church survive Babylon? Mm. Because lo and behold, here we are. Right. How will the church yeah. survive Babylon? On Tuesday, we asked the question, where do we go from here? Abraham Hamilton III was our guest. Yes. And we talked about what the Supreme Court was able to do that um, our legislature has not done. <laughs> and so, um, but here here we are. So we talked about the implications of that. On Wednesday, uh, we let those who seek to be enemies of the gospel know that we are marking you. Mm-hmm. We are marking you. Yes. And let me say, from Wednesday to Friday, we still marking you, yeah. still still watching what you're doing. And Thursday's show yesterday, um, I'm sorry, that was the title of that show. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Where now we um, have to make public apologies because we try to one adopt a philosophy that is incompatible with the gospel, is incompatible with biblical Christianity. Now you can call yourself whatever you want, but our understanding of what marks us or makes us a Christian is biblically defined. And so when you depart from the Bible, you depart from scriptures or you twist the scriptures to meet your own need, then um, the Bible tells us, the Bible itself Mm -hmm. tells us to mark you, to watch for those who cause divisions. And and again, as the phone lines are getting queued up, let me just remind our listeners of 
of the passage that we went to, and then we went to a couple other, well, a few others mm-hmm. supporting passages, is so important for us to, when we make a, we make a statement or we take a position in culture, and I, you know, we say this all the time, you don't just take that position because it's something that you like. Like you just say, well, I think this, I like this, I'm, this is the side I'm going to be on, this is where I'm going to stand. Where you're standing must always be determined by what predates your stance, mm. and that's the word of God. What comes before your situation? Right. What comes before your personal position, you know, is it's the word of God. And so that's where we've always got to align ourselves. And so here is Paul. Now, I want you guys to think about this and, you know, forgive me if I'm a little bit animated here, but one of the ways that we try to make sure that our our children understand what they're reading is we take them into the scriptures with deep study cross references mm-hmm. and then we also engage their imagination so we we tell them like think about this for a second get a picture of this in your mind here is the apostle paul almost near the end of his letter he's nearing the <laughs> end of his letter to the romans okay it's 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 over like tell mom and them I love them <laughs> you're 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 about to <laughs> you're mm-hmm. cutting out but he cannot get out he cannot get out of this letter to the Romans and this is chapter 16 verse 17 just so that you can go back and check me on this but he does not get out of this letter without the following I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and great and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk, Hmm. by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Hmm. Man, that's not a closing statement there. That's, that's, I mean, you're going, that's, it's like going back into it. Right. You know what I mean? I, so look at, think about how important it must be that this warning, as Paul nears the end of this letter, makes it back in. These, these are not just final greetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. These are final instructions and right. greetings. Right. And they, <laughs> they ought to be heeded. Like, it's, Amen. The, this is important stuff at the end. You know, you don't want to just, you know, say, okay, well, he's done. Nah. It's like I still have some important things. And those instructions, man, you know, they they were they, they were to be heated, you know, because this was uh, the building of the church, and and these Amen. things had to be exposed. It had to be uprooted where it where it came in, you know. And I'm and you know you talk about grace, you talk about having you know bearing with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a display of great love and care, you know, to be able to 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 say the th- type of things that Paul uh, was saying and in the instructions that he was given because he loved the body of Christ so much. You know, that he didn't mm-hmm. want it to be sidetracked or derailed. And so these things are very, very important. We need to uh, glean from them today. That's right. You know, I would imagine, and again, here's just the use of my imagination. I would imagine that if Paul were preaching this um, kind of church that I grew up in, he would have been trying to close. He would have been <laughs> saying, oh, y'all won't let me get out of here. Y'all, y'all want, I'm trying to close. How many people will give me five more minutes? <laughs> right. And then people start raising their hand and they start counting by fives. You ever been in a service like that? It's like, dude, <laughs> you know, that's not what people meant. They meant literally just five more minutes. <laughs> they just wanted you crack a barrel. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, but no, he's, this is important. It's vital. Yeah. It comes near the end. Let me say this. And then we're going to go to the phone lines. Cause we've got them queued up to our brother, Jim, 
Mm -hmm. Um, Look, it matters. I don't want people to think that we are condescending or that we are puffed up with knowledge and that we don't love people. We don't care about people. In fact, it's our love for God first. It's our love for the truth first and our love for people that drives our engagement. So my tone and my communication, you're going to you're going to see, hopefully, I hope that you have seen that it comes out in two different ways. Mm. Right. So to the person I, I feel <laughs> or I, I look at and I observe, let's let make it not so sensing and feeling right. Mm-hmm. The person that I observe to be a threat to the gospel I'm coming out like David Crowder on that. I am. <laughs> and and why? Because I take seriously that the Lord has called me to this moment. Mm-hmm. He's called me to this moment. There's no way. And I say this to every member of the body of Christ. If you are one that you're sitting and you see what's happening, you have the type of discernment that is required in this moment. And you just like, you know, sit back and sip tea. <laughs> you know, everybody turns on that frog, but you didn't hear that from me. No, we need to hear from you, Mm. right? You are raised up for this moment. And this is not a thing where you try to become like a self-made battle axe. Right. This is you doing and being who God has made you to be. That's right. And and being that person in the time that he's raised you up in. He determined when you would live and the boundaries of your habitation. So he determined when and where you would live. Mm -hmm. Right. So there is a role for you to play. First and foremost, he determined that so that you could search for him, Mm -hmm. that you would find him. All right. So when you check that off the box, now it's like, okay, I'm yours, Lord. Mm. What am I supposed to be doing? We can't just be sitting on the fence. And, And so I'm not here. And when I say here, I don't mean exclusively here behind these microphones. I mean, I'm not here in life to make nice with enemies of the cross. Mm. That's not, I'm just not cut like that. That's, and, and everybody's got to know their role. There's different people, right? There's some people who will come behind me and be like, okay, what Miki really wanted to say. <laughs> and that's great. We need everybody in the body of Christ doing that. But that's not my role. Now, my tone is going to be different. L- remember this. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, his, his response and his interaction with Peter was different from his interaction with Barnabas, though what they were doing was the same thing Mm -hmm. and had the same result. He held Peter to a higher accountability, to a higher level of accountability. What does he say about Peter? Galatians chapter two, verse 11, he says, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. But then a few verses later, he says, And the rest of the Jews acted the hypocrite or acted hypocritically along with them so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So there's a weakness that's displayed in Barnabas. But notice that Paul is not saying, I went after Paul. I I mean, I went after Peter. I went after Barnabas. I went after... No, but all of them can get in line. (laughs) Okay, Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition of The Gumbo Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison. It's the Friday edition on American Family Radio. It means we do a little bit of a lighter show. Um, generally, we try to laugh a little bit um, more <laughs> than normal. We try. But, you know, these are these are some tough times. And so here's my, my compromise for you, which is the only place you're going to find it. 
Okay. <laughs> my compromise for you, <laughs> my compromise for you is uh, to open the phone lines up and let's just kind of talk, right? So that's a little bit of a lighter show, and it can kind of go in whatever direction. Yeah, but it might um, not that go you in determine light, in a light way. Yeah, it th- may you not. It. You said it the way that they determine. Yes, that's it's, good. It's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> I want <laughs> we. We got to go to the phone lines, but let me read this to you one more time because I know we were headed to the break, so I kind of had to like push through. But I want to read this to you one more time. So because it look, it matters to me that people would um, perceive me to be unwilling to bear with the weak because the Bible tells us to do that. Right. So that's I care about that. I am willing to bear with the weak, but um, I'm not playing rope. I'm not playing rope with those who are undermining the gospel and they're in positions of leadership. Like I'm not, you, you need to be opposed and you need to be opposed um, in a manner that is consistent with the way you're wrecking the church. Mm. So you've got an out front type presence. You're in a position of leadership. You've got people following you. You've got people listening to you. You've got people taking their cues from you. Right. And in many cases, they're not checking you against the scriptures. They're just they're just going on the strength of your word and what you have previously said. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you've earned their respect and you can just veer off with that. I'm not going to I'm not going to write you a private letter. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because you are affecting the church at large. Mm. You're affecting the church at large. I mean, you know, I think some of us would be like, well, man, you know, Paul. Maybe you should have pulled Peter aside and (laughs) said what you needed to say. No, exactly what Paul did was demanded of the moment. Mm -hmm. It was demanded of the moment and it was consistent with what was at stake. Let me read it again and then we'll go to the phone lines here. Because notice, man, the Bible gives us everything that we need to really understand. Mm -hmm. To really understand there's a whole picture that's painted here. All right. There's a whole picture that's painted here. Come with me now to the fellowship hall at any church USA. (laughs) (laughs) Come with me to the fellowship hall, okay? The sound of tennis shoes squeaking on the floor. And, and I mean, come with me. And this is where we find ourselves, right? And, and, and look at what Peter, uh, Paul writes to the Galatians. This is Galatians chapter 2, verse, verses 11. And I guess I'll stop at verse 14. But I, I just, just read this slowly and think about what it is that is being communicated to us by the Holy Spirit. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for before certain men came from James, he was eating with Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Verse 13. Now look at this. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Verse 14. But when I saw that there, all of them, listen, all of them, when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, wait, what? Wait, you see that all of their conduct is not in step with the, with the gospel, and yet you turn to Cephas? Why, why not pick each and every mm-hmm. one of them individually? Why do you turn to Cephas? Yeah. You see, think about this. Look, he says, I'm going to read it again, verse 14. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all. Mm-hmm. Y'all, this is, y'all, <laughs> and I mean this respectfully here. This is gangster church discipline. 
<laughs> a lot of followers of Christ are not strong. Y'all, we couldn't handle it. You know how many forks would drop when this started happening <laughs> in that church? <laughs> People eating potato salad. They don't know what to do. All of a sudden, the chicken legs are flying. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? <laughs> the super apostles are about to lock horns. But that's not, it's not for a show. Right. If there's anything that is to be shown, it is the importance of the gospel. Amen. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. You're wrong. You are to be called out. So listen, what you hear us doing on this program is responding to people who have platforms, who have positions of leadership. And when they say something or they do something, whether that's out in the culture or up in the pulpit, it affects the church. Mm. And so we have a responsibility to say, no, guys, that's not in keeping in step with the gospel. When, when you start telling people that they need to repent for the color of their skin, Guys, that's not in keeping a step with the gospel. I don't care who you are. I'm not, I'm not going to whisper that quietly among friends. Ooh, he's wrong for that. No, I'm going to say it publicly. You're wrong. You're wrong. And we've always had an open invitation to anyone that we call out to come on and talk to us. Unfortunately, they have always not accepted. Right. <laughs> always. All right. To the phone lines we go. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to Stacy in Louisiana. Hi, Stacy. Yes, sir. How are you today? Doing good. That's good. I want to tell you, I really appreciate you guys. I apologize for that growing. I'm pulling over. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate you guys. Um, Miki, I got to tell you, the, the first time I heard you was you would, you would sub in for, like, Stacy on the right or Janet Meffer and things like that and, and the passion that, uh, that you always bring. And, Will, now that, that I get to hear you as well with her, to, to hear you guys as a couple, um, you have you bring passion that is a different kind, and it's great to have the balance between the two of you. So Amen. I commend you, you. And, and appreciate you, and thank you very much for that. Thank you. Now, the reason I call— God bless you, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you, Miggy. Um no, you you were you didn't remember Mickey using the uh, using the word rescind yesterday, and I remember you doing that. But what you remind me of is a, of a time my wife, uh, my our daughter is pregnant now, and we call this prego brain. <laughs> so my wife and I, I'm her second husband, <laughs> and when we were pregnant with my first child, she'd had one with her previous husband. Uh, we're going down the road and. She says to me, Stacy, you know, they say when you get pregnant, you lose part of your memory. But I don't remember <laughs> being this way with Justin. And I just busted out laughing. She's like, what's so funny? <laughs> and then she thought about it and realized what she just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't remember being that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you did hear Let Miki me say rescinded. She so said rescinded. Yes, I'm, I'm absolutely certain of it. Uh, there you go. I thought she did too. <laughs> wow, that's so funny. Okay, I couldn't remember that I said it. Let me just, Stacy, thank you so much for thank your you, call. Stacey. I really do appreciate that. That's so funny. So, so, so let me say this. So, people who listen to us for a long time, you know. So, we've got five kids, right? And uh, and we got one on the way. And I want to say that because 
because his life matters. So I just want to always make sure to say that. So so the fifth one, uh, his name is Sam Witt, and he is three years old. And I do this thing that my mom did with us. I'm the second of five, right? And when my mom would call us, you just wait until she lands on a name. Because it's, <laughs> it's quite possible that the first few names, that's not who she's calling. Right. That's not, you know. So you just wait until she stops. And then that one, and that's not always true. Sometimes it could, she has to back up, you know. But <laughs> that one is the one she wants. So I'm doing this now increasingly. And so the other day, um, which I want to say was last week, I was walking Sam Witt to his room for his nap. And I was talking to him and I called him Nathaniel, which happens a lot. All right. And he asked me, he's three. He said, um, he said, why do you always call me someone else's name? (laughs) And I said, man, I do that. Yes, I do that. And I said, uh, it's because there's a lot of y'all <laughs> right. in your bed. Get, I mean, that's, I mean, what else? That's the reason. It's because right. it's a lot. So I have to. And sometimes, and this is true story. Any kid of ours that you talk to will tell you. Sometimes I say, you know what your name is and you know I'm talking to you. Come here. You know it's you. <laughs> right? Because right? right. we know, especially if it's a correction, you know if you're the one right. who just, you know. you know what I mean? So yeah. anyways, all right. <laughs> you know, you always know. Um, you hope that the parent messes up, but you know. All right, back to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to uh, Bethany in Oklahoma. Hi, Bethany. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. You guys, you have an awesome ministry, and I appreciate it so much. I love it. Thank you. Um, I just had two comments slash kind of question things, and then I will just let go and let you comment. Um, and this was in response to yesterday. I used the term virtue, virtue signaling, mm-hmm. um, which I'd never heard of until a few days ago. Um, so first of all, my first comment was, I I listen to you guys, and I listen to Abraham Hamilton, and I listen to Reverend Jackson. And to be completely honest, I mean, I'm, I'm a little white girl, and so I listen to you guys, and to just to try to know what my voice is supposed to be, because honestly, I feel frozen right now. Um, I don't know what my voice is supposed to be. I feel like I know what it should be, mm-hmm. but as a white person, I, I don't feel like I can speak right now. And my second comment to piggyback on that was, as an example, I was at the park a few days ago with my family. I'm a fellow mom of five kids. Um, I was pushing my five-year-old playing girls on the swing, and another little boy came up, and he wanted to swing, so I picked him up and put him in the swing and started swinging, and my girls ran off, and then another kid came up, and they were african-american and so i mean i'm a mom you just do what a mom does mm-hmm. right mickey that's just what we do we you know a kid comes up and wants you to push them, you mm-hmm. push them so i did that and then i you know they were done so i went and found my family and my husband made a snarky comment he was like oh you know good virtue signaling or whatever the phrase is and mm-hmm. i was like what are you even talking about i don't know what that is so he explained it and i was like oh my gosh because there were many people of color there was a whole it's a big park lots of people and I said, is that what it looked like? Like, so it's mm. like, I'm wrong if I do, wrong if I don't. I don't know what my voice is supposed to be. And I look up to you guys mm. to know what it's supposed to be. So that's, that's just kind of my question. So I'll let go and listen to your response. Thank you guys so much. You're awesome. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Bethany. Man, Bethany, God, God bless you. You know, that's, that's. I, I, now look, I don't, I don't know your husband. I would assume that there's a little bit of tongue in cheek there that he's a little, he's a little bit joking with you, you know, because of the current state of, yeah. of where we are in this country. 
Um, but when I use the term virtue signaling, I am attaching it to a very specific set of um, responses, pre-programmed responses, and a very specific display of behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And this virtue signaling is often connected to contrition. So I'm sorry, um, you know, you're right that I'm a horrible person. These are the words that I need to say to show that I am I've I've bought into a certain philosophy right now. The philosophy that we're talking about is critical race theory. Um, I do not see pushing a kid of a different skin complexion from yours um, as virtue signaling. Right. You understand what I'm saying now? What some you know, what could be virtue signaling is if you, you know, push this kid and then later in conversation, you know, you have to show that you're woke by saying, man, I'm I was pushing a black kid just today. You understand what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, yeah. and so it's 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 connected to sort of like a here's my hall pass. Mm. Here's mm -hmm. my hall pass. So we don't need to be looking over our shoulder at everything we do and questioning ourselves and saying, are my motives pure? I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to check you on that. Right. Um, I just, I wouldn't, Will the Great, what do you think? I wouldn't put that in the same category no. of virtue singing. That's just what I, moms do. Like, right, right. I would put know? that in the category of what she stated. That, that's what moms do. And, I, and it's sad that we're living in a yeah. time where that would be probably seen as that. But man, you know, uh, I think that's very unfortunate. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as that personally. No, not at all. It's, it's, it, there's a very specific look to virtue signaling and right. it's consistent with the narrative that you're a horrible person just because of the color of your skin. And so you've got to live life. You've got to go through life constantly aware of how horrible you are. And you've got to repent of that every chance you get and show that you're not as bad as your immediate appearance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the way you do that is you're, you're attempting to show a set of what, and I'm using this loosely, this is not accurate. But what our culture says right now are moral displays. Mm -hmm. So you've got to show that you're a good person because when I look at you, inherently I see that you're not. Yeah. Right? So what we, you start off negative. This is our current cultural phenomenon, okay? This is why we have to reject these philosophies that some people are saying we can use and bring in the church because what it says is you're bad because of the color of your skin. Mm. So what you've got to go through life doing is repenting and making yourself not actually better because you can never outrun that. OK, you're always going to be white. I just need you to understand. You so see, you're never going to be able to outrun it. So the, the, at the very minimum, what you can do is show that you're not that bad of a white person. <laughs> That's that's critical race theory, oh guys. Goodness. That's it's that's what we're crazy. talking about. You, and 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 so the people who are doing the things, like what we talked about yesterday, Louis Giglio's attempt, mm -hmm. you know, which turned into white blessing. No, just stop. Don't right. don't give into it. Right. It doesn't work. It's it's virtue signaling would have been Dan Cathy with the little shoe scrubber thing on Lecrae's shoes. That's right. that that's virtue signaling. I'm a good white person. Look at how I'm willing to extend myself. Now, I want to say this and then, you know, this is not to be confused with the practice in church that would have been foot washing. Well, they would have washed That's each other's feet, though. Each other's feet. You see, because what our culture says now is that it only works in one direction. Right. It only works in one direction. So you're only you're only scrubbing or washing or kissing certain feet. Okay. 
this is not what we would have seen in scripture. Not right. at all. All right. And so to me, it actually mocks the service that you're trying to display. You're making fun of what you're trying to display, falling all over yourself to do it. All right. We'll grab the break real quick and then we'll come back to the phone lines and get through some of the calls a little bit faster. I try not to keep going on and on. But anyway. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Friday edition of Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. A little bit of a lighter show. We call it our gumbo show. Everything goes into the pot. You play a big part in the Friday show with your calls, your questions, your comments on what we've talked about during the week. And we appreciate you for that. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's J. Will Music with Still Can. All right. Yeah. And I, w- I want to real quick uh, address Bethany. Uh, her first question when she was asking about her voice and, you know, being able to speak. You know, uh, and feeling like she can't speak because of being less melanated. And I want to say this. If you notice what we try to do on this program, we talk about the straight edge of the scripture, the word of God. And as long as you stay biblical, the argument against you will be against the word. And Mm, see, that's what a lot of people can't stand up against that. We use the word of God. The word of God Mm. is powerful. And so when we are coming up against these cultural issues, these issues of the day, the Bible speaks clearly Mm -hmm. about what's going on. You know, and the example you just used about uh, in Galatians 2, you know, that's we could take that. That that could be applied real time today. You know, uh, the scriptures we've been reading. And so if we stay close to the scriptures we, we will always have a voice because it will be the voice of God that speaks mm-hmm. through his word, you know, and, and if there's any dispute is with the word of God. That's right. That's right. And, not, you know, and man, yeah, that's right. Look, the same the scriptures that we are using are the scriptures that have been used before us, before we existed. OK, that's right. to defend the truth. And they're the scriptures that will be used after us. Should the Lord tarry? Amen. You know what I'm saying? These are the scriptures that our kids are going to use. Amen. In fact, these are the scriptures <laughs> that our kids are using right now. We got to equip Amen. them. Amen. We have to equip ourselves. We have to equip them. And that's our voice that I agree with you. One hundred and ten percent will agree. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to. Uh, Wes in, I think, Alabama. Hey, Wes. Hey, how are we doing today? Doing good. Good. I just, I want to preface this. I was on I-10 last week cruising through the radio trying to find Sean Hannity, and Mickey was going off on this, (laughs) on all the riots and everything else. And uh, now we know that I don't listen to Hannity anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm a 78 year old white male raised in new england so i didn't know anything about segregation until i went in the air force and, and walked in a black bathroom in texas hmm. and and got in trouble for that so wow. you, just to tell you where i'm coming from wow mm-hmm what we seem to have lost, and, I, and I'd like you guys to maybe do a whole program on it, nobody ever uses the word prejudice anymore. Hmm. They've turned people out of prejudice into racist, and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. We used to use prejudice, but, oh, you're prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I kind of am. You know, if I see a black dude coming towards me that has his pants down below his knees, and he's 
you know, smoking a cigar and he's all dirty, I cross over the other side of the street. That's prejudice. That's not racist. Hmm. Man, you know, that's interesting. And and so then here is here is my question. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other appearances or any other um I guess, cautions where you prejudge the situation. That's what we're talking about. And you take precaution based on the way you judge that situation and and then respond to it. Wes. Sure. I I can see, and it doesn't have to be, but I can see a white person loaded with tattoos and piercings and (laughs) without talking to them or listening to them, Mm -hmm think that they're idiots. <laughs> and that would be pretty you know, and, and yeah, that's prejudice. Because <laughs> once you get talking to them, you find out they got a lot of thoughts like you. They just react differently. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to offend more people. Um, the thing is, <laughs> thank you, Wes. Thank no, you, Wes. look, you're 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 making a grand point here. I think that what we don't want to have conversations around is our ability, and I would say even our own personal responsibility to measure a situation, to walk into a situation, and to say, okay. Um, classically speaking, this is what I'm getting into, right? And so we want to remove that ability from people to say, I should be concerned about. Walking, not, and you used to say walking just at night in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but look, guys, look, <laughs> all right. I'm, if you look at what are the markers of poverty, and you look at the greatest defining factor in poverty, right? It's going to be fatherlessness. It's going to be growing up without a father, right? That's going to put you at the greatest disadvantage that you will ever have in this country. Mm. That's not based on skin color alone. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So to that end, you can find sketchy characters that you need to avoid in the hood, just like Mm -hmm. you can find them in a trailer park. That's right. That's right. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for y'all all to catch up with me, okay? Because <laughs> we don't want to talk about this. Like, poverty has a look, right? And 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 look, man, this, this whole thing where we attach low expectations to color alone, that's bigotry. Mm. That is bigotry. And, and that is what liberal, excuse the expression, but that's what liberal white people are doing. They are attaching low expectations to black people and calling that woke. And so then black people just allow it. <laughs> All right. Like we just say, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stand up for us. Cause we can't do. You're so right. That's so dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb to say, you know, I'm outraged. Look, look. Okay. And then we'll go back to the phone lines. Let me, <laughs> let me, you know, what if, if there is such a thing as privilege, all right. If there is such a thing as power and that power alone make um, giving you the ability to be racist, what kind of power is displayed that in one foul swoop you can erase the image and the likeness of black people from products that men, I mean, was like a win for them. Hmm. It's like, oh, my goodness, my face is on the syrup bo- <laughs> box. Right. What kind of power and privilege must you have to say no more? No more. Your right, face will not right. be like and understand that we and, 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 and I'm not trying to go into a different direction here, but we have an inconsistent approach to life. We have an inconsistent approach to life. Mm. Look, do I prejudge a situation when I walk into it? Yeah, because because if I'm walking into a situation where it's questionable, if I'm going to make it out alive. Look, recently 
we were dropping off food when the, when the pandemic kicked off. Okay. And, and we were, and I don't say this because Lord knows, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be standing out in the open square talking about what I'm doing. So I don't, that's not my custom, but I want to make a point here. So I'm going into a situation where, man, it's a little bit sketchy. It's a little bit sketchy. And, and it's not sketchy because of the color of the people who live there. It's sketchy because that area Mm-hmm. is like mired in poverty. Do you understand what I'm saying? So whatever the outcome is in that situation, yes, I'm going to reserve my right to judge it and mm-hmm. say, okay, this is how I need to respond here. I need to make sure that I'm careful. Yeah, I need to make sure that I'm doing these things. Guys, that's just wisdom. That's wisdom. And if it's in your mind, and this is where only you know that, but if it's not attached solely to the color of a person's skin, then why do we need to feel bad about that? Yeah, yeah. Look, and we'll go back to the phone lines, all right? I love my city. I love my city. But my city that I grew up in is a different place from the city that I live in now. It would be reckless of me to allow my kids or myself. And Will, come on, because you, you're the <laughs> one who always is like, when we're crossing over, you know, state lines. be aware. He starts to give me this talk. Remember where you are. You are not where we are normally. So do this. Don't do that. You can do this, but you can't do that. Like normally I can run to the store at night. When I go to New Orleans, my husband is like, no, you know, get it during the day. Don't you're not you're not going out at night. Why? Because there's a higher crime rate. Why? Because what people are liable to do is worse than what people are liable to do where I'm living right now. Now, I, look, if I, if I can't think that, if I can't respond to that, then that I make myself less safe. It's just not wise. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Robert in Texas. Hi, Robert. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing good. Um, man, I appreciate everything that you've been saying. Uh, you brought up the scriptures about Paul pointing out a, a contradiction in behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a pastor in West Texas, and I have love for all of God's people, and it really hurts when I see them making choices that actually harm themselves. And so I wanted to run this thought by you. Mm-hmm. Um, for decades, uh, the GLB community, gay, lesbian, bisexual community, has fought really hard to convince uh, the public that they're born that way, that mm-hmm. they don't have that choice. And, and they fought really hard for that. And then you have the transgender community comes in and says, well, no, no, you're, you're not born the way you are. You can choose. <laughs> and so do you see an inherent contradiction mm-hmm. between the two communities? One says our whole existence is based on this idea that we're born this way. You must accept this because this is not our choice. And then the other community comes in and says, no, you must accept this as we choose. No one is born this way. Yeah. Don't they cancel each other out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You're they right. Do. They absolutely do. And, and, and let me let me say this um, to, to Pastor Robert. Um, listen, this is not something that is newly discovered. Um, you've heard me reference the book After the Ball. Um, where you have these two masterminds, you know, who have devised a plan at how America is going to overcome its problem with homosexuals in the 90s or gays in the 90s, right? And one of the things that they admit in the book, I own the book. I own the book. I've, I've, I'm, 
I've got underline, I've got sticky notes, and I've gone throughout the book, and I'm like, it's amazing to see the the amazing success, mm-hmm. right, that these people have enjoyed. In the book, they expressly state, we know that no one is born gay. <laughs> we know that no one is born gay. But what we're seeking to do here is to endear Americans to us. And if it takes them thinking we're born this way, then so be it. Then so be it. Right. Mm -hmm. But now. So the question should be then. So why does the transgender activist come along now and say we don't even have to say we are aren't born this way. We just have to say this is what we choose because the American populace has been worn down Mm. because now we're ready to accept anything. Why? Because we're riddled with guilt. Because we feel bad about telling the truth, right? So now we'll accept anything and everything. And remember, now we have a Supreme Court that just ruled that in 1964, transgenders were on the minds <laughs> of our legislators. Yeah, right. Come man, on, man. Come on, man. When, when, when this is something that is still just formulating. This is something that the ideas are still coming together. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that we're constantly learning terms that we're supposed to adopt. So it's not just I want to dress up like a man and be, you know, or a woman, be a crossdresser. No, it's not that. Now I'm transgender. Well, in order to do that, we've got to define what gender is. Right. (laughs) And then we say, but you know what? There's no binary. So now we say I'm non-binary, I'm gender fluid, which means I am whatever I want to be on any day that I want. And our Supreme Court said you can't discriminate against that. You can't discriminate against a person's whim. Do you want? This is why I'm saying I don't know where we live, Robert. And so, (laughs) yes, to answer your question, if I think I can boil it down to a one word response. Yes, the communities cancel one another out. Because they're actually not legitimate communities. It's hypocrisy. That's right. It is hypocrisy. That's right. Where tell me where it is that you go where, you know, when you talk about you talk about going into the gay neighborhood. The gay where's the gay neighborhood? Right? Where where is the gay neighborhood? It doesn't exist, right? Because it's woven all throughout the fabric of this country. Because it's in media, right? It's it's in the, the it's it's in the upper echelons of power. Mm. It's it's not just in the hood. It's, it's, it's easy to go, you know, but again, but again, when we can be manipulated and controlled, right. this is how we think. Let's try to squeeze in one more call, one more call, Will the Great. All right. Let's go to Wayne in Tennessee. Hi, Wayne. Hey, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, love your program. Let's do it whenever I can. I was listening to you, and I want to encourage you. I, I really appreciate your strong biblical stand, and you're not afraid to say the truth. So on Monday I was listening, and you're talking about surviving Babylon. My mind went to Revelation 18, Mm -hmm. where it says, Come out of her, my people. Of course, that's talking about coming out of Babylon. Mm -hmm. Thought I'd uh, get your feedback on that. The the question about coming out of Babylon? Aren't we challenged to come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities? That's Revelation 18, verses 4 and 5. Revelation 18, verses 45. So, of course, what I would have to do, Wayne, is I would have to take a look at this to get the context of what is being communicated here. But I will say this. When we talk about how can the church or how will the church survive Babylon, we th- this right here is the world that we're living in. Right. Right. And so, and I, I don't mean to sound like a fatalist when I say this, but th- this is it. Until the rapture of the church. 
the catching up of the church, and we have biblical support for this. People may disagree with me, and that's fine. But what I'm talking about is this constant tension that exists for the bride of Christ. We are in the world, but not of it, Mm -hmm. right? So the faithful Hebrews who are in Babylon are living in Babylon, but not allowing Babylon to live in them. This is how they cannot bow down to a statue. When everybody around them is bowing down. That's and so, but I'll look at this and, and then maybe we can talk about it on Monday. We're out of time until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.